morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. Thank you for joining me. I hope you and yours are well. Um, wherever you may be, I thank God for your life, for my life, for our lives. And I pray that the mercy and the goodness and the kindness of God will be our covering, will be our defense, will be our confidence and our assurance at this time, today and forevermore. In Jesus' name. So the title of today's musing is The Presence of the Lord. And um, the reason why I'm musing on this now is, you know, just reflecting upon this week, the past week, um, the past few days, months, I would say, I just realize now that the presence of the Lord makes all of the difference, you know. Yesterday I talked about the fact that I realize that it's not so much about what's happening outside of me, but what's happening inside of me. That was while talking about finding rest for my soul. This is very much a continuation of that. And I do find that, you know, when I'm in the presence of God, like whether it was through word or meditation or worship, nothing else matters. Nothing else, as when I said nothing else, nothing else matters. be a 24-7 experience. I mean, the psalmist talks about he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, and he goes on to talk about all the things that that sort of insulates one from. And it's it's so powerful, it's so real. So I, 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 I want to be in that space whereby I'm living on earth as though I was in heaven. And not just as if I was I'm in heaven, but as if I am in the holy of holies at all times and I want to be a carrier of the presence of God first of all and I want to be in his presence all the time and I know that that's a big ask I know that it takes a lot for one to be so filled with God's presence that it's a 24-7 experience but that is what I want that is what I desire the psalmist also says as the deer panted after the water so my soul longs after you you, O Lord, are my heart's desire and I long to worship you. I, I don't want to, you know, walk in and out of God's presence or drift in and out. I want to live in his presence and I want to be a carrier of his presence as well. I want everyone, anyone that encounters me to have an encounter with God. I want his glory to cover me. I want people to see the brightness of God's glory upon me anytime I speak, whatever it is that I do. I want people time they come in contact with me that is a big ask i think there was a lady who lived now that i'm musing about it there was one person that i think who actually came very close to that and that was Catherine coleman and and the Catherine coleman was a great woman of god and they said that whenever she had meetings that <laughs> somebody uh, Benin was saying the story of how when she walked through and um, once there was a lot of crowds she had a meeting in a hotel or conference of some sort and she couldn't come in through the front entrance because there were too many people there so they took her in through the back entrance so she went in through the kitchen and as she was walking through the kitchen the power of god the presence of god was so strong upon her that all the people who were cooking by the kitchen they just started falling you know <laughs> under the glory under the anointing she, was, she wasn't praying she wasn't doing anything she was just walking by and people were encountering god as she walked by and that is what it means to live and walk in the presence of god so god you know his presence is so strong upon you that he's just doing things to people you know and i think the apostles also did that you know and you know it is just you know that so that's what i want 
yeah so maybe i need to go and be reading the catechism tips again and just see um, that's what i want because I, I i think and i see that living a life where you are focused on things on this earth is just a waste of time i mean and don't get me wrong i i think i mean it's good to be here i mean we are here this is where we have to make impact on it we are living here but setting my heart on things that are here i, I think honestly it's just not worth it because first of all most of the things they don't even really add value to your life the more you think about it the more it perplexes you it adds to itself sorrow anxiety worry and so many other things I just want to retain enough knowledge and interaction with those things that I need. Just enough for me to be able to change the things that I need to change. Just for enough for me to be able to function and deliver value and create value and ensure and stop value from being eroded in those places where it needs to be. But I don't want to get immersed into it into the point that it begins to control the way in which I think and affects my emotions and, and you know and how I feel and and, and stops me from, you know. <sighs> just being the best that I can be in terms of God and his spirit and his power and presence upon me. I don't want to live the yo-yo life that um, I, I think the cares of this world brings. I have done that for the, I think, greater part of my life and I, I am ready to lay that down. But then, how do I know what it means to live in the presence of God? How do I do that? How do I achieve that? So, this is the beginning of that journey, I guess. Which is why we are raising today on what the presence of the Lord means and how I can abide in that presence. Thank you for joining. So the headline scripture is um, Psalms. 1611 which says you make known unto me the paths of life in your presence there is <clears throat> excuse me fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore so it says here that in the presence of god there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore so anytime i am in the presence of god or you and i or any of us is in the presence of god there is fullness of joy so there is no sadness there's no sorrow there's no depression there's no anxiety there's no fear. The Bible says there is fullness of joy. Not just joy, but that fullness. You can imagine an overflowing cup of joy. That's what we have when we're in the presence of God. And in Psalm 97 verse 5, it says, The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. So I think, the reason why I think I'm fascinated with this, with the presence of the Lord is because it's like when you're in the presence of the owner of all things, you know, you are safe. And honestly, I think there's just too much, there's just so much evil in the world. There's just so much evil. I think for me, and when I mean evil, I mean it's not just, I think, I think actually the evil that is unseen is even worse than that which you see. And that which we see is actually very bad. But I think the, the unseen thoughts of hearts the evil designs that people have, the wickedness, the, the the poverty, the ruin that we see in the lives of men, for which we do not really understand what is behind it, but yeah. I just think a system that rewards evil and wickedness that and sets aside everything that is pure, that is holy, that is righteous, that is just 
I honestly just think that you know, being in the presence of God, living on this earth, if you are someone who really doesn't want to be a part of that system, the only way of escape is to hide oneself inside God. I think that's the only way because there's no halfway house. House. So yeah. And I think this will make sense to the people that it will make sense to. I think some people it, it just won't make any sense and that's fine. But uh, I think to the people who it will make sense to, it will make sense to them. So, um, yeah, the presence of the Lord. So Second Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. And he says, And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I mean, we've talked about things around this. I've, I've mused on this severally. I've talked about how, you know, darkness cannot exist on its own. Darkness is the absence of light. And that whenever we're in a situation where there just seems to be darkness and confusion and things are just going wrong, what it means is that there's no light. All you just need to do is put on the light and the darkness flees, you know. you know. So it's, it's, it's either you increase the light, you ramp it up, or you get the kind of light that can illuminate the size of the room or the size of the problem that you are you, you are faced with or that I'm faced with. And I have seen that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's, there's freedom. The problem is how to get the Spirit of the Lord into that space. That is because the Holy Ghost does not go where he's not wanted, he's not welcome, or a place is not ready for him. So, but that where he is, that, that, that one is not in doubt. I'm not in doubt. But the Holy Spirit, ah, before before I can have it, it create an environment where he is comfortable enough to come with his power, it takes some doing. It takes some doing. There is a lot of waiting, there's a lot of investment, there's a lot of purging that needs to take place, you know, yeah. But where he is, there is liberty. And I think what I'm trying to muse about is how do I get to the place where this is my default. My default setting is the presence of God, that I abide in his presence. I mean, Jesus talked about that if you abide in me as I am in you, you know, you know, the presence of God will have fellowship one another, you will bear much fruit. There is, it is possible, but how to do it, I guess, is as a lifestyle is, I think, the journey that I am on. Because I think right now, I think I drift in and out of his presence. And I don't want to do that drifting in and out anymore. I want to see what it means like to, to really, really abide. So Hebrews 13, 5, let's look at the scriptures that I've picked. And as I'm using now, I'm realizing that there are many other scriptures that are relevant that I probably didn't put in here. So well, maybe some other day I may have the opportunity to do that. But let's go with what we have right now. So Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So yes, I, I, and I think, you know, I, I think this one should be written <laughs> on the foreheads of every New Testament believer because I think right now many of us don't even know that we're supposed to keep our lives free from the love of money. There's another scripture that says, Godliness with contentment is, is, is great gain. And, and, and I... I fully agree with that because I do find that uh, a lot of, I just find out that this contentment seems to be something that a lot of us are struggling with right now. And I think as long as we're in that place of discontent, it's not even possible for for, for me to access the presence of God. And um, if Paul is talking to the Hebrews, he is saying that we should keep ourselves free from the love of money. And be content with what we have. He's not even saying whether or not you have enough. 
that's not the issue so you say whether you have enough you don't have enough whether i have enough whether there's something that i need that i don't have regardless of my needs the level of my needs that i should be content knowing that god has said he will never leave me nor forsake me and that definitely is somebody living with a higher purpose because if you have a present need and you are you know you are able to not look at it then i think that's an invitation for for god's presence so generally i think where my musings are taking me to is just showing me that there's a big misalignment between the way that i have been living my life and i think most of us have been and really what the scripture says and the kind of mindset that the apostles had and i think many of us may think that it's because they had the mandate to spread the word of god you know and that and that if they didn't you know because they were the early witnesses they were the first witnesses after the resurrection and ascension of jesus that you know they had a mandate that was higher than ours but when i look at today's world and how it is i think our mandate is as important as well because everything around us is really really working against the lifestyle of of christ so I don't see, I don't think we have a, I don't think theirs was a higher mandate than ours. In fact, if if we're in the last days as we know that we are, I think our mandate is in some ways actually higher than that of the apostles. I honestly think so. I think so. But I don't think, I, I don't think I realized that until recently. In fact, until now as I'm saying it, I think it's actually higher. I think it's higher because I think what is coming against the lifestyle of Christ and the word of God is is much stronger now I think it's it's uh, yeah, I think it's, it's multifaceted now it's more complex it's more hidden it's more subtle it's far more deceptive and it's very very wicked attacking the spirits the souls and the bodies i think in apostles time what they faced was a persecution of, of the body i think now is a whole lot more it's an assault on, on 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 the mind on the soul it's just multifaceted So yesterday we read Exodus 33:14, which says, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So it is possible for the presence of the Lord to go with us. So it's possible for us to abide in the presence of God. It is possible for us to go into the for me to go into the presence of God. It's also possible for the presence of God to go with me. So I think I want all of them. I want to abide in his presence. I want to also be able to go into his presence, like you know, Hebrews 4:16 that says, Come. Uh, come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I also want to be able to abide in that presence like Jesus talked about. He said, abide in me as I am in you. And I guess, in fact, as I look at it now, I think those are three different musings put together. Okay, so I will look. I, I think that I am divine. I have to really look into that as well. So Matthew 28, 19 to 20, that's on a separate date, says, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, so there seems to be a promise of God's presence or the presence of Jesus for those who are going into the old world and are making disciples of all nations. 
So I think those are the people like Exodus and God says. So those who are on a um, divine assignment, they are assured of God's presence. So the people who are not <laughs> taking on the divine assignment, that one does not go for you. It says my presence will go with you. Yes, I, I think it says that a lot for people who go on evangelical and so just like when Moses was taking the children so anyone that is going to take territory or going forth you know to make disciples of all nations wherever it may be however small however big and we are going in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit and we are teaching people to observe all that he has commanded commanded aha that there is so we are sure that God Jesus says here yeah, I am with you always even to the end of the age oh, yeah, Jesus I'm going to hold you on to that one Thank you for leading me to that one today. Okay, good. I'm going to make some notes after this message. So, uh, yeah. So, anyone you are looking for God's presence, just do what He says in Matthew 28:19 to 20. He has assured that He will be with you. And you know, I, I yeah, yeah. I, I've seen that even in my early days of evangelism many years ago. There is a presence that goes with people who are going forth to teach the word of God in whatever shape or form, whether it's Sunday school, whether it's, however, counseling, however, there's a presence that goes with that, presence of God that goes with that. So Psalm 145 verse 18 says, the Lord is near unto all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. So there's also a presence that of God that comes when we're in prayer, when we call upon him. And really, actually, that's not really the, the one I'm talking about right now, you know. <laughs> You know, it's a good one to have. It's also the good the one when it says God is an ever-present help in time of need. That is also good. But I think I, I am moving beyond that. That's where I've been. That's where I have been all these months. And I'm happy to say that um, I, the young shall go. I, I want to move beyond that, calling upon Him. You know, in, in times of trouble. I mean, I, that one is always there. It's a, you know, it's always available. But I want to move beyond that. I think that I am divine. And what I'm seeing now is that this is a precursor. I will go back to that I am divine. That abiding in him as I am in him. Him that dwells in the secret place of Moses. That, that is what I, I am looking for right now. But I'm just coming to that realization on this musing. So, which tells me that that I am divine will definitely be a subsequent musing after this one. So thank you, Lord, for that. So this one has been very much an exploratory musing. It's not going. <laughs> it did. It doesn't have an ending, but but it's a it's a real musing. So I, I'm happy that it's it's bringing new knowledge and and, and understanding. And uh, I I think this is how God wants us to interact with the Word of God. It's not supposed to be something that we just use to get certain things. It's it's a lifestyle. It's 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 a journey of discovery about seeing things from God's perspective. So it's okay to meditate on the scripture and not come to a conclusion. I think that's the whole idea. There are some musings that we sort of land it, but I think it's also okay. In fact, open-ended musings, I think, are also good. So long as we're following scripture. And because what that then means is that we then have questions to ponder on at the end of the musing. And then let's all see where God takes that to. Maybe next one, we, we land it. But I, the important thing is to stay true to what I am learning from the scripture as I am going along. So Acts 3 verse 20 to 21, and I'm likely to close this very soon, says that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Christ appointed for you, Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God speak by his prophets. So this was, I believe, Peter speaking um, when he was explaining how they had healed the man at the beautiful gate 
the lame man who had been lame from his youth and he talked about times of depression and he talked about what god wants to achieve through jesus christ and he says that this is you know the coming of the messiah and of the resurrected king the risen king the son of god is so that god may bring times of refreshing from his presence and this is refreshing from being after being assaulted with you know with all the pain and the sorrow that the kingdom of darkness inflict upon the people of the world and he says that the presence of the lord brings times of refreshing and i really i can identify with this and that jesus christ is the appointed savior from heaven you know who was given to us to bring that time of refreshing by his power but it also acknowledges that jesus also return back to heaven you know and he will be there until the time where god will restore all things you know which is when he'll bring about the new heaven and earth but that in the interim which is now god can actually give times of and he gives us with times of refreshing but it comes only from his presence through jesus christ yeah again this to me is like when you it's like it's time of refreshing a season of refreshing i think it's also different this is also talking about when we experience god you know like the moves and the waves of god as they come upon us in certain times and seasons again this is a manifestation of how god's presence is is but it's still different from what i want because what my heart where my soul is now going is in as much as i want unless because i want all of this so i want the god that is near unto unto all who call upon him I want the God that is ever present in time of trouble. I want that presence as well. I want, you know, the presence that comes with the fullness of joy, you know, and all of that. But I also want the I am divine, which is the 24-7 presence of God, and I abide in you as you are in me. I want that one. He that dwells. Dwell, where, a dwelling place is not a place you go in and come out of. You live there. That dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. I want that one. That's the presence of the Lord that my heart is calling for right now. In as much as I also still want to be part of the times of refreshing you know which come from his presence but so long as the same times which is of course he's talking about seasons i also want the dwelling the abiding yeah, yeah, yes i want the abiding presence of lord the lord ah, yeah, 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 yeah. the abiding presence of the lord so that should be my title actually which i've just come to now at the end of the music that is it the abiding presence of the lord and that is where we will go Jesus name by his grace, God allowing me to. So Hebrews 9.24 says, For Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on my behalf. <laughs> on our behalf. Oh, I love this. And I think that this is why, this is why I'm a Christian. This is why I'm a disciple. Because Jesus did not enter into the holy places that were made with hands, not into holy temples that can be broken down by guns, by robbers or where thieves can break through and steal he entered into heaven where God is he appeared in the presence of God on my behalf on my behalf he stood as on my behalf on my behalf he appeared on my behalf all of my sin, all of my pain all of my sorrow, all of my sickness he appeared on, before God on my behalf he appeared in the presence of God on my behalf, on my behalf, on my own behalf. Because I had no rights to go. I, I could not even enter. I couldn't access. Jesus appeared on my behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So James 4, it says, hmm. 
and that's why there's a scripture that says who delivered us from so great a death because he's look at me here talking about the presence of god and i'm not even acknowledging that the person who made it even possible what right would i have had to even enter that presence see me now saying i don't even want to I, I, you know it's not enough for me to have him you know times of refreshing it's not enough for me to have him as an ever ever present help in time of need i don't want him to be just my emergency 911 you know even though i have him i can call upon him and he will he, I, I, and he will, he will be near to me i don't want that alone even though he has said uh, where two or three are gathered in my name there are mine in the midst of them i said that's not enough for me that i want him to abide in me as I abide. I want to abide in him as he abides in me. I want the 24-7 presence. Who, how would I ever even have had a right to even dream of that if not that there was a forerunner, a lamb of God who was willing and able to take upon himself the sin of the world. If not that there was a Jesus who became the way the truth and the life. If not that there was a Jesus who laid down his life, whose blood was without spot and blemish, who was able to purge my conscience with, from dead works, who was able to satisfy the claims of justice against me. For sin passed upon all men through Adam and I was not exempt. Thank you, Jesus, because you entered into the holy places that was not made with hands heaven itself and you appeared in the presence of God on my behalf thank you I have a personal testimony it's not just because I am reading this here but I know that you have because I have access to that presence as well thank you James 4 it says draw near to God and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded so hmm. The onus depends on me to draw near to God. And the only way I can do this so that he will draw near unto me and I can have that abiding presence like I'm talking about, I've mused on, is by my cleansing my hands, purifying my heart, and not being double-minded. In other words, receiving the word of God, cleansing my hands from sin, touching up the ungodly, unclean thing, and purifying my conscience, my heart, Washing it with water by the word, building up my faith by praying in the Holy Ghost, and just making my heart ready, willing, obedient to the things of God, walking in His ways, and showing Him that He is first and foremost in everything in my life, guarding my heart with all diligence. Hiding his word in it so that I will not sin against him. Obeying the commandments in the word of God and the unctions as led by the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And God has promised that he will make known unto me the paths of life. And as he does that, I will abide in his presence where there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand where there are pleasures forevermore. Help me, Lord, to draw near unto you so that you will draw near unto me. I do not want to be a drifter in and out of your presence. Show me how to abide. In Jesus' name I pray.